today's episode of Real People, Real God, Misu and Lindsay continue their Through the Bible character series with the story of Noah. They'll discuss God's grief at the evil of human hearts and how he revealed himself to Noah and his family by sheltering them in the ark. Hi, this is Misu. And this is Lindsay. Welcome back, everybody. We're glad you joined us today. Lindsay, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well today. I've already had a few cups of coffee this morning and just ready to go, ready to see what the day brings. So I'm doing well. Oh, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm on, I'm only on my second cup of coffee. It's early. It's early yeah. on my side of the country. So <laughs> <Yep>. yeah. <laughs> but I'm getting ready to go to the mountains. So I, I'm, Ooh. I'm good. I'm going up to my little mountain cabin. I'm going to write for the next four days. So I Life love it. Is good. Yeah. yeah I just love I'm that excited. we get to enjoy a cup of coffee or a glass of water I'm having now and talk about the Bible and have people join in and listen with no, us and join so in our fun. discussion. It's just so much fun. Yeah, so it is. It's a yeah. Joy. Let's dive back into this um, through the Bible character series today. And today yeah. we're going to be talking about the story of Noah. And this may be a familiar story to many of you, but I'm going to give you a little spoiler alert. We're not really going to be talking too much about all of the traditional Noah stuff, you know, like nope. the ark, nope. the animals coming two by two, the rain and, you know, all those things. Um, but like we've been doing, we're going to ask our two main questions about this story. So we're going to talk about what is our real God doing in this story and what are the real people doing? And I think that's going to provide some pretty interesting discussion and different than just the regular things you've you've heard about the story of Noah, maybe. So, Misu, why don't you kick us off by talking about what are the real people doing at the beginning of this story? Well, let's talk about what Noah's real dad is doing, because uh, okay. I think that's where we start this. Noah's real dad is naming Noah Noah, and his name in Genesis 5.29 is is interesting because his name means he will comfort us, or this is what his dad wanted from his son by naming him Noah. He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. Hmm. Now, there's the that reason cursed that's, ground. <laughs> there's that cursed ground again. You mm-hmm. know, we just can't get away from that, right? Yeah. So here's the interesting thing, though. So in our last episode, we talked about Cain and Abel, right? And mm-hmm. Cain's whole deal was that he was mad about the cursed ground, or at least that's mm-hmm. kind of what we thought. We'd never yeah. seen that before in Scripture. And So wouldn't you think then, okay, if Noah's dad is fussing about the cursed ground, wouldn't you think, well, Noah's probably a descendant of Cain? He's not. Hmm. He's not. Noah comes from the line of Seth. Seth was born to Adam and Eve, God's word says, after Abel died. And Seth's line comes from the line of descendants who called upon God. And Hmm. so Seth's line was a righteous line. It was that line that led to the godly man, Enoch, who scripture says is one of two men who never died. Hmm. Enoch walked so closely with God that he was no more, and God took him away and never tasted death. That's the righteous line that Noah came from, and yet 
that same chip on the shoulder that Cain had about the curse, Brown, somehow had infiltrated into Noah's line. Hmm. So much so that his dad named Noah. He wanted comfort from that cursed ground. So we're beginning to see some of that same chip on the shoulder, even infiltrating that that godly or righteous line of Seth. So that's kind of an interesting place for us to start, I think, with Noah's um, story. So what do you think happened? Yeah, what do you think happened to that righteous line? Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, because the very next thing, you know, where we generally begin with the story of Noah is not quite back that far, but with um, the flood and that's coming because men are wicked. And so we Mm -hmm. had this righteous line, but somehow they've got this chip on the shoulder in there. And what happened to that righteous line from Seth who sought the Lord and who sought him faithfully. But somehow by the time we get to Genesis chapter six, the very next chapter and what it's talking about, Genesis Mm -hmm. six, five tells us that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. That's what Mm -hmm. God looked down and saw. God looked down and saw that, Every inclination was evil all the Every. time. All the so time. that's a that's a great extent of wickedness that we've gotten yeah. to, and we don't know exactly how they got there. We don't we don't mm-hmm. know exactly, but that's the state that we're in. That's what the Bible yeah. says is the current state of things at this point, and that's intense. That is yeah. um, a scary. I mean, we talked last week about how they're going downhill fast, <laughs> like yeah. you know. And then I thought there was a little bit of hope with this line of Seth and Enoch and all these things, but apparently we are still going down fast. So what the real people yeah. are doing is growing in this chip on their shoulder and, and growing in wickedness and in evil, mm-hmm. apparently. I You know, every inclination, evil, yeah. that's deeply evil and hard to imagine. So yeah. that's what's happening with the people a little bit at the beginning of the story. Misu, what's happening with our real God? What does he do? What is he doing when all of humanity has this deeply evil, deep, deep evil rooted in their hearts? What does God do? So... God goes crazy, he gets wildly mad, and he sends this flood. No, 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 no. <laughs> See, that, that part comes later. He, he grieves. Hmm. He grieves. He feels a depth of pain, and, and it talks about God's heart is hmm. deeply troubled. Yeah. Genesis 6, 6 says the Lord regretted that he had made human beings on the earth. And his heart was deeply troubled. Hmm. And I think, you know, we, when we think of the flood, we think of God's wrath. But when we, he was grieving, he was yeah. grieving. And I, I think it's hard for us to grasp how our real God was feeling in this moment. Mm-hmm. But I, I want you all to, I know this may sound really silly, but I want you all to think about that first broken heart that you had, you know, that puppy Mm. love, that first love. Uh, I got to tell you, I was boy crazy at a very young age. I had my first (laughs) official boyfriend in second grade. Okay. There you go. I'm I'm an early bloomer. (laughs) You know, sixth grade, I officially experienced my first real heartbreak. You know, the kind that your whole chest hurts. It just, Mm. I thought I was dying. My poor parents, you know, they endured the whole junior high, (laughs) senior high career dealing with a hormonal lovesick, got to have a guy to feel worthy of, you know, Mm -hmm. of life kind of a daughter. I I was, I was a mess. So, and God's grief, let's face it, it is so much more intense than that. But 
I think he put I think he put teenage girls on earth just so people could get a glimpse of what <laughs> grief and hormone, you know. Yeah. But because if you feel that heartbroken, you know, teenage oh girls, we feel that heartbroken yeah. by just a boy who we like, who doesn't like yes. us back. What must God have felt Our God who we've been talking about wants to reveal himself to us and relate yeah. to us and hear all the people are evil. They're not, they're yeah. not returning love to God. That's, you know, talk about not being loved back. Talk about heartache. <laughs> teenage yeah. girl and, you know, doesn't hardly compare. Are, those are silly. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's a silly little, you know, example, but, but let's, let's get real and and let's talk about a a wife whose husband of 30 Mm. years has betrayed her. Absolutely. Now now that's grief. Mm -hmm. That's loss. Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about, uh, a couple who's been married for 60, 65 years and one of them that passes away. Mm-hmm. That's loss. That's grief. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the real grievings uh, mm-hmm. that that God went through. So those are the kinds of loves, betrayals that I think talks about God's grief. But Lindsay, mm-hmm. what are some other kinds of grieving that could describe God's broken heart? Yeah, well, I, I thought about you know, he created this good creation and now it's all evil and wicked. All, all these men are evil and wicked. And I've said before that I really like to build things. I like to put things together. And I also really like to fix things or to try to fix things. I'm not, you know, I'm no great handy woman, but I can usually tinker around with something for a while. And I've got kind of an engineering mind and I can maybe figure out how it works and figure out the problem and figure out how to fix it. And that's a, that's a fun thing for me when I can tinker around and you just screw this tighter here. You take this apart here and you, you put it back together and then it works the way it's supposed to. Um, but sometimes there are projects that just refuse to be fixed. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but kinds <laughs> of things where like that just isn't going to go. It's like it's refusing to be fixed no matter how hard I try. I know I'm doing the exact right thing to fix it and it just won't work right. It is like it it is willfully being broken and refusing to be fixed. And it's, it's just infuriating and it makes you want to yell. It's the kind of thing that my grandma would say, I'm so mad. I could spit. I could spit about that. And you know, when God gets, when God gets so mad, that he wants to spit, it turns into a flood. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> is that what you're telling it us? It turns into yeah. a flood, yeah. Okay, maybe, I mean, again, is. that's kind of a funny way to describe this, but <laughs> kind of maybe what was happening okay. with God. But I can imagine that this being being part of what God's feeling. You know, I when I'm trying to yeah. fix that broken thing that refuses to be repaired, it makes me so mad that I want to spit. But also it feels just like a no, like this is not supposed to work this way. And I can Mm. imagine God's heart feeling that and being infuriated about it. And then his, his grief led to being infuriated about it led to wrath, but God's wrath, unlike our human wrath, most of the time, our human anger, God's wrath is not just a quick tempered whim of, you know, flying off the handle, that kind of anger or that kind of wrath. Um, It's, it's not just, just revenge or hate on a whim. It's not that kind of thing. God's anger is perfect and righteous anger. It's, it's anger and it's wrath that knows 
what truth is, knows what justice is, knows the way things are meant to be, and says this is not the way they're meant to be. And that makes me sad. That makes me grieve. That makes me angry. I have wrath mm-hmm. about that. Um, and when he brings things to bear out of that kind of perfect righteous anger, his his actions in his anger are perfect and righteous because his anger is true and perfect and righteous. And I think, think that's an important thing to think about. Well, I get mad at something so mad I want to spit and, you know, I may just be feeling whatever. <laughs> God's anger is perfect and righteous. Things were not working the way they were meant to be working. That's where we find ourselves in the story here. And it's just, I cannot imagine God's heart <laughs> in this. Yeah. And, and, you know, so whichever way we want to look at it, whether it was a betrayal of love that caused his grief or whether it was just the fact that his creation was broken, whichever it's, it's breaking God's heart. But here's another important question for us to look at. Was this a surprise to God? And and the obvious answer is no. He knew Hmm. this would happen before he ever spoke light into being on that first day of creation. And yet he did it anyway. And, you know, so, so the, it begs the question, why? Yeah, I mean, that's obviously, absolutely. obviously God's not dumb, right? So he, mm-hmm. he knows all things. Why would he do this to himself? Why? And, mm-hmm. and I just, let's go back to what we know of God and what our story is about. Our story is God wants to reveal himself and relate to his creation. So why would he do that? I, I think it's a, it shows us the lengths he's willing to go to have a relationship with the people of his heart. Hmm. Though he knows the, the things they're going to choose, he's willing to allow us to choose and still continue on with his plan in order to have a relationship with us in the end. Yeah, that's hard for me to, to grasp and grapple it? with. Mm-hmm. It, it's amazing to think of the scope of his sovereignty. It's stunning, mm-hmm. really, because this God gives human, the, the humanity this gift of free will And he is so huge, so enormous, so powerful in his sovereignty that no matter what we choose, his sovereignty can still carry out his perfect plan. Yeah, that is amazing. It's amazing to think about. I mean, no matter for a minute. Yeah. So, I I mean, now, okay, Linz, you have a, a huge decision to make, right? Mm-hmm. You can go right, you can go left, and you're, sure. you're crying out to God, okay, Lord, I want to do your will. Just tell me what, what you want me to do, right or left, and you're not hearing from him. And so do you just sit there and do nothing? No. Because you got to do go something. Right, <laughs> yeah, do something. Because you know what? Here's the deal. Your stupidity cannot override his sovereignty. That's that's my new motto. I'm going to make there a t-shirt. <laughs> my stupidity cannot override his sovereignty. Yeah. There you go. Yes. The next time you see that me, is... I'm going to wear that t-shirt. <laughs> it's like 
like the I'm with stupid. It's like a new version of those I'm with stupid. I'm stupid, but my stupidity cannot override God's sovereignty. Yeah, no, I think that is a a stunning thing about God. Because when I think why, knowing all he knows about the stupid things we would choose, why would he let us do that? But it is amazing to think of his power that no matter the stupid decisions I make, no matter you've got a humanity who gets themselves into complete wickedness at this point, and that is not beyond God. He can make something out of that still. He can take that and work with it. Right. Which is... Exactly. So what does yep. he do next? Yeah. Yep. What does he do next, Lindsay? So he, even though we're in this state, God God knows what to do about it. And what he decides to do is wipe out all of his creation. Uh, really, mostly all of his creation. Except for mm-hmm. eight people and mm-hmm. two of every kind of animal. Plus a few pairs, extra pairs of clean animals and birds and things. Um, but except for this tiny amount of, of people and animals, he decides to wipe out all of his creation and destroy everything in a huge, massive earth covering flood. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. That's Yikes how right. he, that's, you know, sometimes that's how he, he deals with our stupidity. But I want to, I want to pause for a second and just stay here and think about this while it's really sad and terrible that sometimes the way we have to be dealt with is it's destruction. It's really sad and terrible to think about this, worldwide flood and Mm -hmm. i think really it's how it happened is more terrible than i can even truly imagine if i think about it um but i think here again we can see evidence of god's protection and god's provision through this flood and destroying the wickedness of the world i think was a protective act on god's part god was destroying evil here that's what was happening god was not just just wiping things out because you know god's big angry man in the sky who likes to stomp his feet around and crush things he's not he's not a two-year-old who who just goes around destroying things or you know this was this was not just that um god's destroying evil in the world he's taking care of a problem that needs to be taken care of so while it's hard to to look at that it's hard to think about that and it's it's terrible and it's sad i think we can look at it as protection and provision on god on god's part just as we have seen in some of our previous stories the real people are messing things up and god is certainly bringing about consequences for those things and punishments for those things but he also protects and provides and that's what we've seen him do bringing protection for them and i think this is no different if every inclination of the thoughts of human heart was evil all the time that's a lot of all words <laughs> that's a lot of yeah, full force yeah. words what god right. is doing here is taking care of evil and protecting humanity from continuing on pro- progressing further and further into complete what seems like it was already complete wickedness um and so he's taking care of evil i think we need to think about that as protection and provision in this instance so he sets out to go ahead yeah (laughs) well and you see that it's not a tantrum right because you can you can see that in the way he deals with noah he Mm -hmm. tells noah about his plan he, he yeah. gives him very explicit instructions, and then for crying out loud, I mean, how long does it take Noah to build this, the the ark? Years A long time, years I think. And years and years. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you can tell this is not a whim. This right. is not, a, like you said, it's not a, a a mad little boy stomping around right. throwing a fit. This is a very 
controlled, a very thoughtful, a very a, a very grief-stricken mm-hmm. yet determined God who is not enjoying what he's doing but yeah. realizes that it must be done. Yeah. So, and way, yeah. way to go, Noah, for a moment. You just said, you know, God gave him instructions. He built the ark. Like, of all the things the real people have done in these stories, I think this is a great instance of, like, God gives Noah instruction about building an ark. And it says that Noah did it. Like, way to go. Yeah. We don't have a great track record so far, but Noah does it, right? That's what he does. Yes, <laughs> yes. did everything just as God commanded him. I love mm-hmm. that. And that that phrase is repeated several, several mm-hmm. times. So he built the ark just as he was commanded. He took his family and the animals in just as he was commanded. Mm-hmm. And then, I love this part, the Lord shuts them in. Mm. I love that. It was Mm -hmm. like they didn't have to worry about how do we close the ark? How do we make it watertight? You know, the Lord shuts them in. Oh, I love that. Provisionary act again. (laughs) Provision and protection. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. And then the rain begins. And so does the waiting. Oh, yes. I I did not count how many times the word wait (laughs) was in this section. Yeah. Because I just thought it would be too depressing. Ugh. Right. Well, even if the word itself is not in there, just the time frame of all of this, when you really start mm-hmm. looking at it, this is a long, long, long time. So Ugh. first of all, you start with um, they get in the ark, the Lord shuts them in, and then it starts raining for 40 days, 40 days. Like, I know we've Ugh. heard this story before and we think about uh-huh. that, but but Misu, you live in the Pacific Northwest where it rains a lot. What's uh-huh. what's the most number of days in a row that it's rained there? You know, like 40 days in a row. What have you experienced for, I, you, know, you know, how I, much rain? Yeah, I'm guessing there have been a few 40 days in a row in my time in the in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. But, you know, it, it does rain almost every day from November till May. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I love the sound of rain on my window, uh, as I'm writing and all of that, seven months is of rain. It it can get a little bit miserable. So yeah. Um, but but here's the thing to remember: Noah wasn't just listening to a little pitter patter on the ark's windows, and this right? wasn't any just sprinkling either. Or you know, or this no. wasn't just like a a tiny soft little rain either. This was downpour. I'm thinking well, thunder. This is yeah, lots of rain. This is, this is a lot of rain, and this is I mean. Okay, I have to say when I because I went to see the movie Noah and mm-hmm. which we won't even talk about that because I didn't like <laughs> that's it. That's fine. But, okay, yeah, let's <laughs> move on from that. But uh, when I saw that movie, the realization of what they heard when they yeah, were yeah, that was the striking to me. I that it, it in was. that movie, listening I, to people outside the yes. ark. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, that just pierced me. So I, you know. The things that we don't even think about, some of the trauma mm-hmm. that they would have endured um, mm-hmm. on that ark in those first few days. And uh, yeah, it just all while just sitting and waiting like you're just sitting yes. there with no place to go and nothing yes. to do. So, yeah, uh, yeah it's yeah. a lot of waiting. So tell us more about the waiting, Lindsay. You've got some of the numbers here. So yeah, I look through all these numbers and it's just so much. Um, so after it stopped raining for 40 days straight, um, mm-hmm. they waited another 
150 days, which is about five months, they waited for the uh. water to recede just enough so that they could the ark could come to rest on the tops of some mountains. So the whole earth, even above the mountains, was covered oh. in a flood for five months that you're just floating around in an ark. That's a lot of time at sea. I don't think I've never been on a cruise or anything, but I don't think I would like it that much. That's a lot of time just <laughs> floating around for five months until yeah. the the water recedes enough that you can come to rest on the tops of some mountains. And then they're resting on the top of some mountains. The waters continue to recede for three more months until the mountains were finally visible. And so now we've got that's six months um, and after it's already been raining. And then about another month later is when Noah decides to open a window and he does this test with sending out the birds to find different things. And he does that for a few weeks in a row, sending out birds that come back, send it out again, see if there's any branches, which means there would be signs of life and trees, you know, right. um, on lower in the lower regions down there. And so finally he sends out one of the birds and it never returns which means the bird has found it's a fine. place to settle but yep. even then they they still wait a little bit longer until um the the ground is completely dry so finally noah takes off the covering of the ark and he sees that the ground is dry and that's that's finally the end of it all but all in all as i was adding up all these numbers and looking at it and it says you know the second month of of one year of his life was when they went in and it was in the second month of the next year that they yeah. came out so all in all it was about about a year that they were in this ark waiting and waiting and waiting that is just next time i think about you know i'm tired of waiting for something i'm gonna try to remember yeah. noah and be like no oh, Lindsay, man. you don't really even know what patience is like i don't know like that's i'm gonna try to think about this this story and all the waiting but anyways you had some some interesting thoughts um that you had mentioned to me about god keeping them in the ark for so long even after they came to rest on the mountains they still had to stay in there and, and god kept them in the ark until the earth was completely dry and what do you think was happening there what was our real god doing um keeping them in there even longer well i i gotta tell you even while i was reading that part of it I was like, seriously, God, why are you making them wait so long? I was getting frustrated <laughs> mm -hmm. with God for making poor Noah wait in that ark. And, you know, poor Mrs. Noah, for crying out loud. And, <laughs> Mrs. Um, Noah, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, why are you waiting, that, making them wait so long? Mm -hmm. And it, it dawned on me as I'm fussing at God about the whole thing that he, I'm fussing at God for keeping them safe. That's mm -hmm. what I was doing. Why am I being anxious and angry at him for keeping this these eight people safe in an ark with all the f food and provision that they need? Why am I getting anxious? Why am I getting angry about that? And, mm -hmm. and, and then it dawned on me that God was leaving them in the safety of this ark, and he was giving them the same choice that he had given Cain. Hmm. He was saying to them, you stay in the shelter that I've provided for you. Remember what he said to Cain when he said, sin is crouching outside your door. Hmm. You're in the shelter here, Cain. And if you walk out before of my, the shelter of my protection, then what's out there will harm you. Hmm. So you stay here in my protection. And if, I think it's really important for us to see that, you know what? Noah did not even 
open the door hmm. until God said it was safe. Yeah. And they stayed right inside that protection of his until he told them it was mm-hmm. safe to go out. Hmm. So, I mean, Cain chose poorly and he left God's protection and sin overwhelmed him. It took him. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Noah and his family waited and God honored their obedience. And that was such a huge lesson for me as hmm. I was reading that little section and getting impatient with God. I mean, I would have been Cain. I would have been running right out that ark door before God ever called me out. <laughs> I, I can see and, the mountains. Yeah. I see the top oh, of the no, mountains. Let's get out. And yeah. drown. <laughs> and drown. I would have fallen in a mud puddle and drown, you know? So I, yeah. And so I just, you know, we, we, we fuss and complain about waiting in the safety and protection of God's provision Mm-hmm. Why? Why do I do that? Why do I do that? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that was a huge lesson for me during this. Um, so yeah. now what do we see God doing after he's invited them to come out of the ark? Now that his protection has extended now into the into the newly formed world. Mm-hmm. What happens next, Lindsay? Well, so the real people get off the ark, and one of the first things that Noah does after they get off the ark is he builds an altar to the Lord, and he sacrifices some of the extra animals, some of those clean animals that he had on there with him that God provided. He sacrifices some of those animals to the Lord, and then our real God enters into a covenant with Noah. And so that's that's like the first happenings after getting off the ark. Um, Noah makes a sacrifice and God enters into a covenant with Noah and with all of humanity, basically. And he declares that never again will he destroy the whole earth with a flood. He says, never again will I do this. And he, he sets a sign of that in, in the sky, the rainbow. That's that's yeah. what the rainbow Love is a that. reminder of, not only for us, but for God. God sets the the rainbow there stating that, Whenever the clouds cover the earth and whenever it's raining and the rainbow appears in the sky, he will remember his covenant. Um, it's it's a sign for us, but he's he's setting it there as a sign of the covenant that he's not going to destroy us. And he will remember and we will remember that he's not going to destroy us. So he makes this covenant. And then this is this is sort of like a. A new fresh start, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so he gives Noah some instructions. And they sounded, strangely, a lot like the instructions he gave to Adam and Eve at the beginning of the beginning. He says to Noah and his family, be fruitful and multiply. That's what we heard in the garden with Adam and Eve. And so he he gives Noah these instructions. He gives all creatures into Noah's hands for food, which is a new thing compared to the garden. Um, But he, he he gives all creatures into his hands for food, but he also gives a warning with that about um, not taking the lifeblood of animals or of man. Uh, this, this interesting little warning there, but God's giving instructions. He's doing basically what he did at the beginning of time with Adam and Eve. He's giving instruction, giving warning, telling them what to do, and giving this this new beginning. So then Noah and his family, these real people, they get to start anew in this yeah. this new place, this sort of new earth kind of. Um, what do you, Macy, what do you think, they're starting again. What do you think they were expecting? They've waited all this time on the ark. Mm-hmm. What do you think they were expecting? What do you think they were hoping for? What do you think it was like? What do you think they found? You know, I I think, okay, I think it's like any of us when you build and you build and you look forward to something 
Mm-hmm. And and even if it's a hard something, um, you know, like, okay, like moving, let's, let's, let's mm-hmm. do it on a much smaller scale. So, you know, you pack the old house, you, and you're all stressed, you're sore because you've been moving boxes, you, mm-hmm. you get it all into the moving truck, you get the moving truck to your new house, you get the boxes unpacked. You get everything on the walls. You get everything put in its right place. You sit down in your new house. You go to your new job. (laughs) And the people at your new job are just as ornery (laughs) as the people at your old job. (laughs) Uh And you still have to go out and mow the yard at your new house. Exactly. And the sink sink leaks and the furnace (laughs) is not working and Mm -hmm. the toilet is stopped up and so life is still life. What What you're saying is the the grass is not really greener. (laughs) Exactly. I think Mm -hmm. that's what happened. Do you think think that's what Noah found? (laughs) I do. I think his toilet was stopped up. No, I think (laughs) when they showed up on this new earth, okay, think about this. They've been building the ark for years. Mm -hmm. They went through the trauma of the flood. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about PTSD, right? The trauma mm-hmm. of this event, and then there was the waiting and the obedience, and you know how it is to wait on the Lord, mm-hmm. and you you struggle and you want so much for things to just go quicker, and then when He finally calls you out of the ark, and then they they plant this vineyard, and they mm. well first of all they offer on the altar, and then they plant this vineyard, and you see it growing. And oh, it's 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 going to bear fruit for us, even though we're still having to pull weeds and we're still having to work this cursed ground. Oh, that mm-hmm. cursed ground! That cursed it's, ground! <laughs> it's still cursed ground. Mm. It's not any better. And I yeah. think when they saw that the ground was still cursed, it was like. Why did we just go through all that? Mm-hmm. And his name, name. Right. His name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His name, it didn't change the ground. Mm. And I think, I think Noah, you know, the next thing we see about Noah is he's, he's drunk. You know, mm. our righteous guy, the one righteous guy in the world gets drunk. Really? Oh, that's a bummer. You know, <laughs> um, how did God feel then? And I I think what we see in Noah is someone who got so focused on his circumstances and he lost focus on that relationship with his creator. Hmm. And because of that, despair took over. Yeah. And uh, that, that happens so often with us, with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I get focused on a circumstance, I lose focus on my creator. And the relationship yeah. with him, and despair takes over so quickly. Yeah, so you I think, think that's you what think we that 
Yeah, you think that getting to that new house or that new job or that new place, yeah. if your circumstances change, life yep. would be better. But God exactly. doesn't promise us that. No. What he does promise is, I will and I can be with you and yep. you can draw near to me. But yeah. so often we get more focused on improving our circumstances than just relating to him and drawing on that relationship with him that he always offers to us. He always and, offers that to exactly. us. And think about mm-hmm. it. God had just removed all evil from the earth Mm -hmm. and theoretically the relationship with God should have been easier. That's what Mm -hmm. was made better, not the ground, but Mm -hmm. the the pathway, the relationship to God is what should have been easier and, and had less obstacles in it. Mm -hmm. But But just like we saw in the garden, somehow Mm -hmm. that, just relating with God is not enough for us. It never has yeah. been. It just That's, never has been for us, which is yeah. a tragic, just tragic so part of our circumstances. And so, yeah, so we far. see we see Noah getting drunk. We see this kind of brokenness yeah. in him, this despair and this brokenness. And then we see that that brokenness continuing on into the the very end of the story. Here, he's drunk, and what happens with his sons? Well, his one son, Ham comes in, looks at his father lying there, passed out naked, um, and and goes and tells his brothers about it, ex- exposing his father's shame. It's kind of a yeah. kind of a mocking sort of thing. He goes and exposes his father's shame. Um, and the other two brothers, though Shem and Japheth, they they come in, they don't look at their father, they cover up his nakedness without ridiculing him, without looking at him, and th- we see a, a kind of a different reaction there in the two of them. But then Noah goes on to, you know, the very, very end of this story in scripture is Noah blessing and cursing his sons, um, Mm -hmm. kind of because of because of this scenario here, which which, by the way, was interesting to me. This is the first instance we've seen of people, the real people doing the blessing and the cursing. Up until this point, God has been blessing things and cursing things. And we will see from this point on real people blessing and cursing. It will be interesting to see what we see about that. Um, Yeah. But this is what we see Noah doing. He um, he gives a blessing. Well, first of all, he because of Ham um, exposing his his shame and his nakedness to his brothers, he puts a curse on Ham's son Canaan and on all of Canaan's offspring. He pronounces a curse there, and then on his other two sons, Shem and Japheth, Noah pronounces a blessing over each one of yeah. them. Um, that that Canaan would be a slave to both of them, and that the Lord would extend Japheth's territory, and that Japheth would live in Shem's tents forever. And so he blesses these two sons. And then what we're going to see coming up next is it's through this line of Shem, whom Noah has blessed, blessed his family and his line. It's through the line of Shem that we will eventually get to Abraham, which is going to be our next next main character to focus on this. So Abraham comes yeah. from that, that line of Shem that has been blessed by Noah, and we'll see some interesting things with blessing and other things with his story, too, um, as yeah. we continue on in this and pick up our story for next time. But I think that, that about brings us to the end of Noah for today. Don't you think? Is there anything else <laughs> that we need to no. say about it? Probably not. <laughs> I think we covered it. I think we mm-hmm. covered it. So you guys yeah. come come back the next time. You can cons- can subscribe to Real People, Real God on iTunes, Android, or Stitcher. You can also listen on my Friday blog at 
www.misuandrews.com slash blog. The notes for each of our podcasts are on um, the blog also each Friday. Mm -hmm. You can also post comments there and questions on the blog site if, if you have a question specifically for Lindsay or me, indicate our name, and we'd love to reply to that. Yeah. Anything else, Lindsay? I think that's all. So thanks for joining us, and be sure to come back next time. And remember, be real. Thanks for listening to Real People, Real God. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We rely on real people to provide feedback and our real God to provide listeners.